With 40 years of experience, thousands of investors, a proven track record, and more than $3 billion in assets under management, Reef provides exceptional commercial real estate investment offerings at the click of a button. Visit us at rreaf.com backslash investor. We own and operate all our properties, and that's important because we have skin in the game. Unlike the middleman, you can call or visit us anytime. Hedge market volatility with our lucrative offerings, open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Are you working with an irritating coworker or colleague? And is your frustration getting to that boiling point where you're thinking about quitting or smacking them over the head? You know, there's that thing. Or maybe playing, water. Yeah, playing tricks with them or, you know, stealing the report. You know, you know how that gets. You know, somebody becomes that object of annoyance and, um, and maybe they created it. We're going to find out what to do today. Sarah Ellison is back on Big Ben Radio Success Express show today to share some advice on how not to give up on getting along. Sarah is the author of the book, Lessons from a Difficult Person, How to Deal with People Like Us. You can get it on Amazon uh, and also go to her website, sarahelliston.com. She's a faculty member of the William Glasser Institute. She's also a workshop leader and trainer certified in values, realization, parent effectiveness training, and reality therapy. Uh, you can also read her articles on blendradioandtv.com, including this one, all about don't quit. If you have an irritating colleague, <laughs> you don't have to quit. Uh, and it's also featured in uh, the November through January issue of Big Blend magazine. So welcome back, Sarah. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me back. Hey, it's always good to speak with you and get some insight on how to deal with things because <laughs> we can get to that frustrating point. And so you're working with someone. You get so annoyed, you quit. And then you say, that's it. I'm going to go work for myself. And then you start annoying yourself, and then you have to fire yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, usually there's one in every crowd. So if you have a team of three people, one of them, it, it creates problems for the other two. And if it's six people or five people, there's always one that is a kind of focal point of, God, I wish that person didn't do whatever it is he or she is doing. Um, and sometimes mm. it's just within your, say, your department, there's somebody who always does something that reminds you of your mother or your father or your great aunt Tilly mm. whom you hated or whatever. Some irritating habit that they have. Mm. And uh, I, I, I said, you know, don't quit and don't give up on getting along with them because I think people move around uh, because they find the environment difficult and it may only be because somebody doesn't know they're being difficult. Mm. And sometimes people, the person who wants to quit, they're at that boiling point and sometimes yeah. doesn't want to open their mouth and say anything and just keeps putting up with it. And if you don't take any action, it, you are just going to start getting really annoyed. If you don't take yeah. action within yourself or with that person, then then it can get emotionally out of whack. Yeah. Yeah, I think I get the pressure builds up and eventually we say something hurtful or rude or unkind or we start gossiping about them. I think um, a lot of times people will try to joke, make make a crack a joke about something that mm. someone says or does. Uh, and uh, I <laughs> remember one of my, uh, one of the admins had said something about, um, I said something, well, I don't really have an opinion about that. And she turned to me and she said, really? I've never known you not to have an opinion. And everyone laughed. And I thought, what's that about? I thought, oh, she must think I'm really opinionated. I didn't know I was opinionated. I mean, not any more than anybody else. And I think probably I was no more opinionated than anybody else, but I always shared my opinion <laughs> more than anybody else needed, probably. And so they found that difficult. She was sort of joking along. It, it wasn't, she wasn't in a position to correct my um, behavior. Uh, but uh, I know that when you read a book on how to get along with difficult people, they'll say, well, if you can crack a joke around it, you know, if someone's complaining all the time or whatever they're doing, if you can make it into a joke, it will lessen the tension. But it doesn't solve mm. the problem. And mm. it puts you in the position of being superior to the other person, which mm. isn't, isn't comfortable. It doesn't help the relationship. 
it, it's, it is interesting. I still have to go back to the man, one of my bosses that just kept smacking the stapler. Every time he passed a person's desk, he'd hit their stapler. It was wow. really, really annoying. And and everybody would go in the break room, and that's what they talked about. And then all these practical <laughs> jokes came out of that, like <laughs> remove the, the stapler, put something else where the stapler used to be, and he would hit it. And yeah. and it would. So this one guy was like, you know those um, what do you call those spindle things with the big nail thingy or a sharp <gasps> thing that pokes out where you yeah, put your Yeah, yeah. Did you push your paper over? Yeah. Yeah. Put your message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he went and got one of those, and we're like, uh oh, this is gonna go bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was interesting how everybody kind of you know rallied together against this one boss. He wasn't the he was like second to the boss, but uh-huh. he was powerful in his position. And it was and nobody ever wanted to sit down and say to him, "Could you please stop? stop it, 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 it please it disrupts the the whole entire office." And in your concentration, because normally your back would be to him and you're typing and boom, there goes the stapler. And it was so annoying. It still annoys me right now. Today. I can tell. Wow. <laughs> I don't blame you. I it, And it's because the person who owns the desk that had the stapler on it wasn't mm-hmm. able to put a big sign up that says, stop hitting my stapler. Yeah, it just, or, and then or even, say, well, even is, speak to the person about it. Why, yeah. yeah, and then when you had to talk to him for, on something else that was part of your job, you could barely see your way right. clear to do that because all yeah. you could see was the hand in the stapler. <laughs> the hand. Fascinating. Yeah, I did have, I did work for someone who had a horrible laugh. She thought it was great. It was nice and loud and went up and down the scale. But it made all of our teeth itch. Teeth oh. itch? How many? And everybody on staff just, Ugh! you could hear her all over the all over the offices when she would laugh. And she thought mm. she thought it was a great laugh. And there was nothing mm. we could do. I mean, mm. I, there was no way I was going to say to her, "Do you know that your laugh really just destroys us? It's just too loud and it's not very attractive." I wasn't going to say that to my boss. <laughs> no. I, just, I just didn't but it really it really uh isn't that weird well was it, annoying you know when you think about it there's a lot I mean everybody's got an annoying thing I mean mm-hmm. people that are madly in love eventually what you really loved becomes the most annoying thing yes but, that's true. you know this I think true. I remember the first time you came on the show <laughs> and we <laughs> talked about Nancy and I can't stand crunching yeah, yeah. you know it's like, go to your room, <laughs> go with that. If you're going to crunch, that's it, you know. We were you just crunching that something way. on your teeth, like crunching if, pretzels or something? Oh, oh when like, you, like if crunching someone, ice is the that's worst. Oh, yes, I do. You're oh, out, you know. Oh. Everybody has these little things, and there's always a weird thing about it, and, and sometimes you have to deal with it, and sometimes not. And I think what's interesting at work, in, in work environments, I was just at a store, and these two employees, the one dragged the other one in just whining and whining about customers. And I felt like just saying, you know, I'm standing here, you know, well, you <laughs> suck too. Um, and, and whining about management. And then here it became this big whiny pity party where nothing positive was coming out of it. It was just, if it, you know, I wanted to go up and say, if it's so bad, go home, you know, quit. I didn't, I didn't read your article yet. I should have brought your book. I just said, hey, you need to read Sarah's book. But it was reading. You could see it, like, just yeah, start sure, to go. Yeah. It's like, it, it stinks. You know, it's like, that's the thing that annoys me. People with really stinky perfume. It makes me oh. sick. So you're in a, locked in an office environment, and they yes. have to smell that every day, get sick every yeah. day over it. And well. that's exactly what this this kind of negativity, like, nye, 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 nye. And some people will just sit and take it, and then it starts. Now everybody becomes the the perfume fume. That's why fume well, is in that word. <laughs> Maybe so. Wow. I know. Well, of course, it's parfum. You know, originally there's okay. no e on the end of it, but anyway. Um, yeah. The the uh, I was thinking, you know, what happened with her laugh? And I think someone must have talked her into closing her door. Someone that was mm. closer to her, whom she trusted more, because um, of course, towards the end of the time that. She worked with us. She wasn't very happy, uh, but I don't remember hearing her laugh after the first year or two. So 
I mm. think what happened is that she learned to close her door. Um, someone just said, you know, yes, you have a wonderful laugh. It's really loud and explosive and it's kind of distracting. So maybe, maybe when you're talking to someone on the phone like that, you could close the door. Would that be a problem? And I don't know who, who it was, but, um, hmm. managed to describe the laugh without saying it's driving the rest of us crazy. Uh, but, wow. uh, something else That's I was so going to say. About, about the next the perfume and the crunchy and the negativity and well i was thinking um when i uh, the, the thing that we like the most at first is the thing that starts to drive us crazy my ex-husband is a tremendous storyteller he's really good at it and i, I loved it when i first met him because i was hearing all these stories but after 25 years i sort of heard them all <laughs> And he'd start to tell a story. I didn't interrupt it and tell it for him. I knew that was not cool. But I would find other things to do. And I would be a little jealous that he was so good at telling stories. And so you're right. Sometimes something that attracts us then eventually mm. starts to gnaw at us. And now I appreciate his stories fine. I mean, I love him. And, of course, I'm not married to him. But <laughs> You've got the distance between the stories. I got and some. I got some distance, and I can appreciate. I can appreciate that that he is really good at it. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun to just watch his process. His father was really good at it too, but I was such a angry feminist when I knew his father. I wouldn't give him an inch. <laughs> He'd mm. say, "Where's the tea?" And I'd say, "Well, the kettle's right there. You could turn the." gas on underneath it <laughs> you got to start right? <laughs> you expected the women to do it and this man was wonderful there was there was no reason for me to be such a snit but I was well I think there's this balance and it's it's mm -hmm. learning how to balance where the what to do with the emotion of it the the reaction and mm -hmm. that's where it, the immediate reaction I'm, I'm still boy do I have a lot to learn on that because you know it's like especially like when do things like what we do. Everything's a quick reaction. And, and then uh -huh. you can have the most explosive, horrible reaction that's way off kilter. But that that can be that way. And and I think in an office environment, I've been through some places where somebody stole my deal. And I'm like, dude, what's with that? And and it was like, no, it's fine. You're, you're just a young woman that came in. And that's that, you know, and I've just I got so furious. And you know, my anger would turn to tears, and I'm like, oh, no, because now they're going to think I'm a weak young girl. I'm right? not. I'm going to battle you out. Man. Let's have an arm wrestling thing. I don't know what to do. I'm so frustrated. And then, you know, then you become the difficult one, and you don't want to be, but listen, this isn't right. And then you, know? you get real sneaky and yeah. back. And so here's where all this drama starts no, in an office. I didn't suggest that. No, nope, no, but, but when, when, what happens when the difficult person that just the whiner, do you, yeah. do you, you listen to the whining? Do you walk away? Do you say, listen, shut your pie hole? No, I'm, kidding. Well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You do not talk that way in work, in a workplace at all. Right. I, I do have, um, that, that people would do that to me. They would just listen to me when I complained. I can remember there was a, uh, one woman I worked with, we would be doing trainings together. And so we would come together to sort of talk about it and plan it. And I would come in from some kind of a meeting. And the first 10 minutes of our meeting would be going, what does he do with this way? I can't do it right. That's the wrong way. And, <laughs> and she just listened. And I have no idea to this day whether she thought I was a crazy ass person and mm -hmm. why would they employ someone like me? Or did she just thought, well, Sam's just got to get this off her chest now. But we we met we did it for a number of years, and I and I realized that she just listened to me. She didn't agree with me. She didn't ask me questions, you know, to prolong my mm. rage mm. or my rant. Uh, but she she just listened, and boy, that's certainly if you can if you have the time. <laughs> I, and the you know, temperament. Uh, yes. Well, I don't think any of us get get uh, hurt by listening. And I think that our world right now needs many more of us to be listening. Mm. Well, I, so. I think we move so fast and everything is on speed dial. Everything is how fast can you go that I think the art of fully communicating and actually letting a person think. Before is your money working for you? 
The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. That's R-R-E-A-F dot com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit R-R-E-A-F dot com backslash investor. There is no better time than the present to explore the lucrative commercial real estate offerings from Reef. Visit RREAF.com backslash investor. Featured on Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and many more. We're not a crowdfunding site. We own and operate all our properties. Come see why thousands of individual investors have decided to trust Reef with their real estate investments. Call us today with any questions. Hedge market volatility with Reef. Open to accredited investors only. Visit RREAF.com backslash investor. Or they actually speak and said, well, come on, come on, you know, um, and uh-huh. cutting them off and interrupting, which happens all the time everywhere is you're in this like you're riding on a motorcycle and and you're going that many miles per hour and you're going fast but when you're communicating i think we all really need to slow down mm-hmm. and we don't well, there were some people i think that were on staff with me that i complained to and they listened to me and didn't it was always done in such a way that i could have gone on and on for for hours and if they'd asked me questions I would have but they didn't ask me questions they just sort of like Sam's having her little rant now so I had my little rant well when I discovered mm-hmm. later that they didn't really agree with me it really hurt my feelings mm-hmm. now the individual that I was training with that never happened I don't I don't I don't know where she is now but um that some of the people mm-hmm. that I was closer to on staff and said did you see what she just did and uh that should that should never be happening and then discovered you know six months later that I was clearly in the minority about some activity and and it really hurt my feelings and I felt betrayed it didn't stop me from ranting either Mm. I think it gave you another reason to rant you know well not to them though yeah you know and that's the thing I think there is it, when people don't tell you, hey, then it's almost like you know that other people now you've created a gossip scenario, and that right. n- now you're the object of that, and and not knowing, not knowingly, and not meaning to, and so what we may find irritating may not be irritating to some others. You may not mean it. I'm not saying you specifically, Sarah. No, I understand. But I think but, what what yeah. often happens though is that someone is doing something and. Uh, whatever it is, uh, and maybe say it was somebody's ranting the way I am and complaining all the time, the the rest of the team or the people in the office start, you know, they try to joke it along, they try to maybe help the person solve it, and they say, what is this person's problem? Why does she do this? You know, hmm. oh, well, she must be having problems in her marriage, or she she must have had an accident on the way in or some, you know, what's going on? She, she's really a sick person. You know? <laughs> we start, we start judging and criticizing and uh, trying to figure out why people do this. And that doesn't help either because, uh, because it, it, mm. it starts questioning the other person. And you know what? Nobody changes unless they feel completely accepted. Nobody changes unless they feel that somebody uh, who is maybe suggesting a change is in their corner, is is on their side, has Good their best point. interests at heart. And mm-hmm. so uh, for me, it's uh, simple. I don't think I say this in the article, but simple. the simple truth is we do what we do because it's a habit and nobody's told us to stop. Or if they've mm. told us to stop, they did what my boss did, which is to say, you know, you could work on your communication skills. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, I wonder what she means by that, because I think I'm a very clear communicator. And what she meant was, it would be nice if you'd stop arguing with everybody in leadership roles and stop speaking up so much in all these meetings that we go to. I mean, you're one of 16 people on the staff. You don't need to talk at every meeting. <laughs> but I always had lots of questions. <laughs> I remember one one uh, manager who came to me and she said, if you have questions, come to me after the meeting. 
And I started doing that. So that kind of, that must have helped it for people. But nobody said, stop asking questions. And, mm. uh, and of course, my boss, mm. who, who kept saying to me, oh, I, I understand you. You're just like my sister, and I really like working for you. She'd say that in one part of the performance review. And then later, when we were going over the different uh, skills and ranking them or whatever to show what kind of a raise I was going to get or not get, Communication was always the one that got marked down, and I thought I never understood it. And I remember asking her once or twice, and she could not answer it. She was oh. the nicest woman in the world. Mm. I wanted to be like her more than anything else, but I I couldn't be because she's just too happy. Mm. Uh, I was not a happy person. <laughs> well, but yeah, but, that, that's interesting then, because course, that's what I was saying. It's hard for people sometimes to speak up. I mean, because well, she, it's a, she was, how they were raised and how. They are as a human being. They they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They don't want to be the person putting their foot in it. They don't want to until, have an argument. You know. Until she t met with me in February, she was going to be retiring in June, and she mm -hmm. met with me and said, "I wanted to just meet with you and tell you how what a joy it's been to work with you and blah blah blah, and and uh, to to tell you not don't bother applying for my job." Because everybody I have worked for, there she'd worked for like three or four people during the eight years I worked for her. But everybody I've worked for has wanted me to find you a way to work somewhere else so that you weren't working here. They want me to fire you, but they wanted me to find you a better job somewhere else. And I was flabbergasted. I started to cry. Wow. I, I I sat in the cafeteria with my back to the rest of the room um, and cried for an hour. Because I, 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 I couldn't believe it. But eight years we've been doing this. This is the first time I'd heard anything like this. And she was finally able to be more concrete. She said, well, you argue and you, you sometimes you, you ask questions in such an aggressive way that, or direct, um, a direct way that people feel threatened. And mm. she made some really concrete, she gave me some examples of, of, uh, things that she had seen and I thought I thought why didn't you tell me I mean I was furious it took me years to forgive her um but then of course in June when she retired she called me and she said I just wanted to tell you how how wonderful it's been working with you these last couple of months you've completely changed and people have been talking about it and and, and I wanted to say to her well you if you told me the first year we would have had mm -hmm. eight years of this but I you know I didn't but I she wasn't hmm. able to do it until she knew she was leaving and that I was just going to get into more trouble. Wow. Huh. And so, you know, I appreciated her telling me, but I wish she had told me earlier. And and what you're saying is true. She was so nice. There was no way she knew how to weave it into the performance review. She hated doing them anyway. Hmm. Um, and she did honestly like me and liked the work that I was doing. So, because I said, how did you keep from not firing me? And she said, oh, you're really good at your job. And I pointed it out. Most of the work I was doing was outside of the organization with, with clients and customers. So that was hmm. her, her way of, but so, so if you've, if you've got some, if you're in a situation where you, you don't want to hurt someone's feelings um, or you understand why they do what they do, but it's still driving everybody crazy, or your boss is telling you to get rid of this employee or colleague or whoever, then I really encourage you to be specific and concrete and non-judgmental about how you describe the behavior and tell them that it needs to change. Mm. Yeah, I think you say in your article too about, you know, befriend with them, befriend, befriend them because Again, like you're saying, people aren't going to change or, or take it seriously or they'll be argumentative if they don't feel that you're in their corner. And true. I think that's a really true thing because then it's just like, oh, you're just saying that because of this or then it becomes this thing. And it's true. Everybody is doing something for some reason that you may never, never know. But you, you know? need to get um, defensive. When, when you feel attacked, you, you yeah. get defensive. I, I've been once the defenses are up, then it's really hard to get your point across. Mm -hmm. I've you know? I learned really, really at a young age about people being rude 
and mean. And it's still like when people are mean, it's just like, it's always kind of, it's like a slap in the face, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, what, you know, um, just being a, an advertising salesperson, we're not the devil people <laughs> to try to help you spread the word. Um, but going, you know, I've, I've done the door to door of businesses. I've done all of that in a lot of different ways. Um, in, in sales, in, in actual things, people, nothing weird. Um, but, um, I, you know, there are people, like I remember this one lady, and she, she um, is part of a winery, and she called us, and she asked me to come to her winery, where she has this art gallery, and please bring our magazine. This is back in our print days. And please, she would like to do all these things. And so I set up an appointment, and I drove over an hour to get to her. I went there, and she started swearing at me and told me to take my magazines and where to go and all of these things. Oh, you know, now, you go to certain kind of, you've that happens. Um, there was a string of type of businesses at a specific time. Now they're, that industry is doing very well, but you would go in, you'd walk in, and if you say anything, they would basically tell you there's the door, and sometimes in the most horrible way. And, um, you know, you're not in, and even car salespeople are actually pretty cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's that, that whole thing. Um, and it, and as a very young girl, if, you know, the first thing was you're just flabbergasted. Come to realize down the road, well, that winemaker lady, they went out of business. Yep. Like not even, I think not even a month later, found out the entire town hated this woman. And it was actually the winemaker um, that was his wife, and she she basically he basically wouldn't let her touch the business again. And I mean, the entire town. And she was rude to anybody walking in the door. And the other string of type of businesses I'm talking about, I just don't want to knock the industry because it's a really cool thing that they're doing. People weren't getting them at that time, and they were all rude. Because they were struggling financially when that's what they really needed was some marketing. But financially, they didn't want to say, I can't afford to do anything because yeah. that's embarrassing. Yeah. So well, you never you know, know what's going on. That's my point where people get, they have those weird things that may irritate people or they're frustrating. Maybe they're angry all the time. Something could be going on that you have no clue about. And and it doesn't really matter. I mean, it. it we can we can be empathetic. I'm mean, Chris. We're talking about mm. empathy now. It's like this brand new word in in management training. It's like everybody has to be empathetic, and and people don't really understand the difference between empathy and and mm-hmm. owning somebody mm. else's problem. So mm. so I say it doesn't matter. It, of course it matters whatever that person's going through. But in your commu- your communications with that person, what what you're saying is I care about you. I care about the work that you do. And when you do this, it's driving the rest of us crazy. Or the clients perceive you as rude. I don't think you're doing it on purpose. I don't think you're trying to push people away. But this is the this is the result. Can we talk about it? Can you change? Mm. You know that kind of thing. Um, and if the per if you're a difficult person and says, well, we're going out of business or nobody's buying our advertisements or you know, I'm just really un- I'm really under a lot of stress, you'd say, no problem. And then if it if it really is your colleague and not someone you're just trying to sell to, oh yeah, but yeah. you say no problem, and yet uh, it has having this impact on the rest of us or on or maybe you know, if my boss had said to me, do you know that this the new VP, though maybe that was the second person that had tried to to get rid of me. Um, you need to know that he is encouraging me to find a place for you outside of the organization. I mean, if she'd had the guts to do that, hmm. to say that, so because your style is so direct and it feels confrontive. And of course, he was from the south, and so of course we didn't really mesh. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, if she had said that to me, I mean, I trusted her. I would believed her. I would have said, "Okay, tell me what to say or do." Maybe, maybe I would. Mm. Um, 
but it, I, it, I think when you know someone, they can just take you aside. Hey, you know what? This is kind of how yeah, it, you know, feels. And yeah. I just want you to have a heads up that, you know, <laughs> I don't look at you this way necessarily, but this is what's going on. Or but right. you have affected what, me or something. Yeah. You can say she it actually it has affected me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and if, I don't know if it, it didn't really affect her because she, she said I was just like her sister. Well, it turns out her sister's a recovering alcoholic is very aggressive and loud and <laughs> has very opinionated. Is your money working for you? The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. That's com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit com backslash investor. In honor of Black History Month, raise a glass to Black-owned brands. Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery, has one of the largest selections of Black-owned drinks to explore. From a top-shelf whiskey to an artisanal twist on a Caribbean classic, get these drinks delivered right to your door. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com to find your new favorite. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Of course, I love her sister. The minute I met her, we were like buds because we were exactly yeah. alike but wow. I, I still didn't get it then it was before the eight years were up and I I still didn't get it so so the making friends kind of uh, process of uh, it's um, I, I, I try to practice it when I'm in the grocery store and somebody's child is crying and you know if you're the parent <laughs> you know it's driving everyone else crazy and I've seen this, um, I've started going to do some therapy for my knee in a, in, a, in a pool. And I sometimes go when there are little families there also. And one of the babies will start crying or something. And I, I always smile at the mom and say, you know, long day or uh, uh, yeah. somebody, maybe, somebody mm -hmm. she's, maybe she needs a nap or, you know, some people are never pleased. You know, trying to sort of not so much of a joke, but just like, "Hey, I'm in your corner. I've been there." <laughs> yeah, and, and we I've understand. done that. Yeah, I've yeah. done that in in the grocery line when somebody's going. Wah, 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 wah. I usually try to say, "Wow, you really want that candy bar, don't you?" And of course, the child will look at me and say, "Who the heck are you?" But they don't usually say it, but they think it. And mom then will chime in, and it, sometimes it de-escalates the problem and sometimes it doesn't but it's that it's that effort to say I'm I've been where you've been or I understand where you're at and I'm not judging you for it because mm -hmm. I especially with young children I know as a as a young mother I was like oh, everyone's looking at me I'm doing something wrong and my child is acting out and, you know that kind of thing <laughs> I don't know if you've like, ever felt yeah that. no no I think with that but it's about it's about children in the grocery store it's, yeah, it's just asking. For well, it. just kind of, it's <laughs> yep. kind of giving someone a chance first before you, you know what I mean? Giving people a chance to, to right. you know, we're not perfect. Human beings are not perfect. And it would well, be boring I, if I, they were. I suggest that we look at them differently. So, so if someone is, um, you, you were, you were saying that you did that with these people who, like the wife of the wine person yeah, who was so grouchy all the time. Wow. I mean, if you look at her and say, well, Poor thing, her business is falling apart underneath her. No wonder she's in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. That's Which one exactly thing. It. The other thought would be um, somebody who is always arguing with the boss or, or nitpicking mm -hmm. um, to be able to say, wow, you're really good at detail. You see all <laughs> the different ins and outs. Don't look at me, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> I did I purposely looked away. <laughs> oh. Which the told me you're looking at me. <laughs> if you look for a positive reason that someone's doing whatever they're doing, and it's not always easy because if we label it rude, um, then we we can't. It's harder to do if we look and just say, "The this is the words she's saying, and these are the actions she's taking." Then you can say, well, what she's really doing is seeing every side of an issue. It can become annoying, but it is really a skill. And I can appreciate that she can see all the sides. Is that sort of what happens between the mm -hmm. two of you? <laughs> <laughs> We're interesting. We just say it. <laughs> we just say it. 
We're, yeah. I think our, our, our world is, is too, too uh, fast and too like move, move, move. And, and then we have our moments where you chill out and then, and then we have our moments where we like say it and we're pretty loud about it. And then we get over it. Well, you have a, a long, long-term relationship, but if you had a new, say a new admin or a new secretary that came in to work with you for like three months before you, when do you start traveling? Uh, May to mm. oh, probably end of April, yeah. End of April, yeah. yeah April, okay, so April, May. say from January to April, you have you hire someone to come in and help you do all the little nits and bolts, nuts and bolts, and paperwork and things. And she has some oh, good egregious <laughs> habit. Maybe every uh -oh. third word is a, you know, she sniffs or or oh, maybe no. she coughs all the time or maybe she walks by and hits your stapler. Who knows what? She oh does. no! <laughs> but you would you would uh, start to. Um, look for ways that you could say to her, um, I, the stapler thing, I, I can't figure that one out. I think what I would have said was, I really like the way you get your physical fitness on my stapler, but my stapler is suffering. Can I give you a pillow instead or something, you know, but yeah, to, I, look at, to look at it without I, being critical. I think if no, if we had a, a a difficult person walking in now and and you know or someone did something and I would just kind of go stop it I because I'm I'm very much like don't disrupt the flow the energy it's it's crucial to have positive good energy and there's yeah. stuff that goes down and that's the that's the reason why don't cry wolf don't don't have you know what I mean don't disrupt so I mean if it's something annoying like the stapler or you know that kind of thing. I would just say, you know what? Um, I can't stand it. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! That's what I say. I just well, I can't help it. it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, because I, I would it's be driving you crazy. I just go. I can't work this way. I also, and I also had a boss. That. Um, I, I also had a boss who took his false teeth out and cleaned them with the race a pencil eraser in front of everybody. Okay, wow. Now, oh, that, that is, really is gross. That really, really freaked us all out. I feel like out. some of these stories were, were watching Mad then, Men. No, one of the salesmen, <laughs> one of the salesmen called him up, and we all knew this was going to happen. Uh, it called him up and said, this is God speaking. Stop it. And did he stop? No. Oh, dear. That's pretty funny, though. But it was funny. But, <laughs> but I mean, it was just, but, you know, and I think that's that working with people, especially I think offices sometimes, obviously, they're expensive to run, are way too small. Mm. And you're crunched mm -hmm. in too, too close together. You see and hear things that you really shouldn't. And it is, it's just really, you know, it's not like they hire people that they know will all get along with each other. They hire for specific purposes mm -hmm. for specific jobs. And there isn't really a lot of attention given to, is this person going to mix well with the others? Because mm -hmm. you don't really know. And you can't sit there and have an, a, a, there's a manual. I remember, you know, when we did our, our organ, musical organ. Um, jobs when we got here yeah you have a manual and they're like you cannot chew gum um you cannot do this because this annoys our clientele this isn't you know the, the mm -hmm. our clientele at the time um that was like a no-no that's that's rude um now people are walking around chewing gum in everyone's face and i now i find that annoying yeah but <laughs> you know it's so funny because like it just put that put me in that zone of that but you can have all the manuals you want don't do this don't do that but then you're stifling people to not be creative and not take ownership of things. Like if, so a company, there's that interesting balance of management, leadership, and employees working together and having to balance that out. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting because you, you want people to feel comfortable to take on responsibility, to take on tasks, take a risk with something. And if it's the same thing, I think, with what you're talking about. If, a, if an employee doesn't feel like the company has their backbone, they're never going to jump out and do that extra special thing that really helps the company move forward. And because of fear of failure, because the company maybe is like, you will go by the book to the hair. You know what I mean? There has to be that balance between rules and regulations and freedom to do, to be, a person, to be able to, to, be to do yourself. I don't you know, know if you know Brene Brown. She is um, 
uh, a professor from Houston. She does a lot of work in sociology. She wrote um, uh, Dare to, I've forgotten what the first one is. Right now, it's she's just published a book on Dare to Lead. She's done all this research on vulnerability mm. and basically says, uh, unless you're able to be vulnerable, you can't really move ahead. Um, mm. And she's now talking to businesses mm. and saying, if you want, and I'm validating what you were just saying, if mm. you want your employees to be creative and ask questions and have new ideas, you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. You have to share mm -hmm. who you are. Um, Daring Greatly was her first one. That's the one mm. I read. I just love it. Um, and she's written quite a few. Uh, but this new one is just Dare to Lead, and I just heard her on the radio talking about it. And she was basically saying what you just said. People mm -hmm. will not perform. They will not uh, be creative and look for new ways if they think they're going to get put down or they have exactly. to do it within a stereotypical, you know, it has to fit in a certain box. It just yeah. doesn't work. And, of course, the leader has to start. And being vulnerable does not mean you have to talk about the most deepest secrets in your life. No. It does, it does mean that you acknowledge when you think you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And exactly. that's what it seems like um, people are unwilling to do in a lot of cases. I think it's important that people are just, it's honest and in and, and having that integrity, right? The, the, go back to the eight keys of excellence with that. It's like, here, you know, being honest with each other. No, you don't need to tell the whole family story. Uh, we've been in um, a group meeting, uh, you know, teamwork exercises and road uh -huh. courses and all of that. And, you know, next thing you know, everybody's in tears and telling things. That, and you look around, and you're just like, like, what now? We're also, it was horrible. It was like everyone's talking about this person dying, this person did that. I mean, the, the facilitator starts, you know, crying when he's telling the story. He ran over a kid when he was drunk. I mean, he, and then everybody starts crying and carrying on. It was like, what are we in here? And I'm like going, geez, you know, you should have seen what we just left in Africa. And you guys need to stop it now. Cause stop it, it. Just stop it. it. It's ridiculous. And it, it was the most, it, that was beyond, that shouldn't have been that way. Um, where and now climb the telephone and, and, pole and, and jump everybody's off for and a some trust fall. there's this percentage of of the group that start the giggles because mm -hmm. they're watching everybody cry and they don't know what to do and then people are like start creating stories because one story is bigger than the other you know no, but it but was think about that then shortly afterwards you climb up that big pole and, and you're they supposed to, to jump off the trust fall the trust fall and the people that you just spend hours listening to are supposed to catch you. And, of course, you have harness and ropes and everything, so pretty much you're not supposed to, like, kill yourself. But then you're looking around like, I don't think I'm jumping. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we're not talking about that, right, Sarah? <laughs> no. Well, the other thing is that the With a big no. <laughs> well, we're not talking about sending where it's done in such a way that everyone's standing back saying, this is weird, what are we doing? Because yeah. I've done – I've been on um, – some like high ropes courses where they do these mm. exercises before you start and the person facilitating it is the one that has to be really careful to make sure that they say you know the tears are the healing so tears are okay but you know not everybody is expected to cry it's not part of the work and and just to lay those kinds of ground ground rules if you will um mm. here's something that i just found a quote from uh from uh brene brown for her mm. book so she says Daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about the hard things. So, mm. for example, my boss was not daring until she was leaving. Mm. <laughs> um, she, and, and so she felt it was only fair to tell me. But up until that time, she did, did not have the courage to tell me because maybe I'd get mad, maybe I'd cry, maybe I'd blow up, maybe I'd storm into the vice president's office and say, what do you mean? I don't get along well with people or something. Oh, I, who knows what she thought I was going to do? But it was simpler not to speak to it. And mm. that's what I'm talking about in terms of uh, being vulnerable is, is living your values. But it doesn't mean that you have to go and talk about your deepest secret or your hardest hurt. Mm. But what you're describing is, is a, what a lot of the uh, organizations that thought this is what team building is, if we do stuff yeah. like this. 
Yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, I did it with a board of trustees once where we did a blind walk where one person was blindfolded and the other person was their mm. sighted person. And we, we did yeah. a yeah. half an hour each way, you know, so it took a whole hour of an afternoon and they, they were able to pull from it some, some messages that they could carry into or learnings that they could carry into their work together as a team. But one of them in their evaluation said, I don't know why we had to spend a whole hour on this blind walk thing. You know, that's what she wrote in it. And and I could tell it, she, it didn't mean much to her, but at, at the same time, she was willing to go along with some of the lessons or some of the guidelines that they decided they would work. Is your money working for you? The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. That's com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit com backslash investor. Bye you know, that they had distilled from the experience of what it's like to be dependent and what it's like to be responsible. So mm. that they wouldn't be um, expecting too much of their leader, for example. And so they would be able to help each other <laughs> the way you do if you're helping someone who's blind. Um, it's, 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 I think these courses and, and um, are important. Um, but I think we just had a, it just was, it was crazy. It was a crazy Yeah, you, one, had, a, you had a real interesting experience. What year was that? Do you remember? That was back in 93, 94, 94, oh, really? 95, 94, 95, Boy. I'd say. Yeah, because yeah, 95. And um, around about that time. But the, you're also, the, the, all of us are musicians, so you're dealing with, a different group of people going into a kind of corporate world, mm-hmm. all with some really fascinating backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to say that, and uh, not yeah. not bad. Um, well, very creative people. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that the company expected to make money off of you being creative, but they had a whole lot of rules. Yeah, and creative people don't always react well to rules and so they're no. also mu- musicians that kind of gave up their careers to do that and it was just there was a lot of weird mind games going on with the yeah. company itself um the, what they were trying to do they would you know, always try to make the salespeople spend their money so that they would make more money um all kinds of crazy you know that company i i, I don't even want to talk about that company it was terrible yeah. well it was really sounds bad. like it was a difficult yeah. experience it but was yeah, a whole experience i could write really, a book on that yeah <laughs> right. experience but well, it was interesting i learned of... a bunch i learned a bunch so it was mm-hmm. a definitely a an interesting thing but <laughs> sarah it's a great article everyone uh, she goes into detail of what to do and what not to do when you're in that experience and uh sarah's article and other articles are up on blend radio and tv.com and also uh, this article is also featured in the November through January issue of Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. Uh, again, also available at blendradioandtv.com. But here's the deal. Go get her book, Lessons from a Difficult Person, How to Deal with People Like Us, again, by Sarah Elliston. And you can go to her website, sarahelliston.com. Sarah, I hear a rumor that uh, you may be putting pen to paper again soon. Oh, Am I cool. allowed to? Is that rumor true? Am I allowed to bring up the rumor? <laughs> Well, it is a rumor. I've moved it to March. I was going to go to a start working on it in November, and I'm going to do it in March because I still have some some work to do on the present book. Where where my head just went to in the last two weeks, I went to the fact that women don't have a way of explaining to men how some of the things they do feel offensive or uncomfortable. Hmm. Um. Because generational or for whatever reason, mm. so that mm. we have, you know, adult males saying, oh, boys will be boys. and They're just teenagers, whatever. Um, and and we, we, we need to learn. I think my process of, I, of dealing with difficult people can really be helpful to, for women to learn how to say to a man that they work with or live next to, or, you know, is their brother or somebody to say, 
when you say that, it demeans me. And I don't think you do it on purpose. Mm. I don't think you're aware. You know, when when you introduce me as this, you know, young lady and I'm 50 years old, do you realize that you are putting me down? You know, my mom making used to me say that. Than. I think mom used to say that all the time. Well, there's a there's yeah. a, well, but there's a generation is... of women right. who who use that mm. as as a way of um, raising children, where the boys always come first, and um, that that generation comes right after World War II. Sorry, people, but there's that that thinking, you know, giving men an excuse for bad behavior. Right. Boys will be well, boys. I would like to I would like to invite all of us and I'm of that generation, but I didn't have a boy in my family, so we didn't I didn't experience what you're talking about. Um but I would invite all of us and all the women who come after us to instead of getting angry, um, even though I think protesting is really, really healthy, uh and I, I think we can protest without raging I think in our personal relationships to be able to turn to a gentleman at dinner who is your husband's boss who puts his hand on your wrist or your <laughs> shoulder leg. and leg. Leg, or Usually your leg yeah. or whatever to say, do you know that that is offensive to women? That that's you're 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 acting like we're more familiar than we are. Hmm. And he'll say, what are you talking about? And that starts the conversation. Hmm. That's an interesting way to do it. And it kind of takes, maybe take the emotion out because that's where it becomes this emotional thing for us. And it could well, be. I think men, men, men get, get, they get so defensive instantly. Well, I was just being nice. I was just yeah. being friendly. And women, but women could be freaked out at the time, you know, emotionally it's, it's freaked totally. out. Being yes. patted on the head like you're a two-year-old. Yeah, I've had that a lot. That pat on me the too. head. Me <laughs> I yeah. hate the pat on the no. head. Oh, there you Nobody go. patted there. me on the head, but they tried. Oh. <laughs> no patting. No patting. Keep your hands to your Anyway, mouth. so that's where I've been thinking about sort of writing some articles and sort of getting in, thinking about this as a way to maybe help um, for mm. for so many of us who, who uh, are part of the Me Too movement, you know, to be able to talk about it, first of all, and then be able to speak to the men in our lives that re-stimulate it all the time mm. so that we can, yeah. we can get I over think... it and they may, may be able, they might be able to change. I mean, there are um, some men that will never change. I got that. This but true. I think it, it could be useful. What do you think? Does it sound like that? My, I think, my it's, a, I think process... it's very timely. I think because there's a, communication that the doors are opener more opener now more open mm -hmm. now than um they have been for a discussion mm -hmm. and i think that whatever tools women can have and men can have to understand is an important thing and i also believe that it's part of how women communicate with each other just like what nancy said well mm -hmm. my mom used to say this and yeah. so there's a communication that needs to happen between women as well and among women um, to have, I think that the the women women need to talk with women, and uh, yeah, I think that has to happen too. Women need to talk with women. Women need to talk to men, you know. And there has to be a conversation, not a like you yeah 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 a conversation. And coming from that place, just like we talked about today, of being in their corner of like I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to create drama. I'm trying to be on a page where we can continue to have a nice dinner, <laughs> you know, um, you know, that kind of thing, being able to be strong, um, and have a conversation strong, not putting down, you know what I mean? There's that balance clear, of being able to clear. do it. Being clear. Yeah, and I think it's still do it in a quiet tone of voice. And I think it's difficult for some women if they've been through some issues, um, yeah. you know, past issues that it's difficult and sometimes it will come off more emotional than it should. So I think that it's, it's good. I think it's a good, I think this is good and it's timely. Okay. Well, that's where my head so is get going, going right girl. Get yeah, going. Okay. I think it'll, it will spark some interesting I think so. conversations because I we all know, so. like as a woman, if you put your hand on a man's shoulder, he thinks, Oh, Hey, uh -huh. look at that. Uh -huh. And that's not true either. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but isn't no, that the same but, behavior? But, 
there are like women who do do that. So mm -hmm. there's that side too of women doing that manipulation mm -hmm. side of it as well. So we oh, gotta look at it. Learn to do. Sure. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot to cover. You've got a, that's a big book. To write. Big the more book. I think of it, I'm like, well. you've got the workplace situation. You got the boss, you got the, yeah, you got the younger generation. You got like, you, you got it. That's a big book. And that's going to be, I think it's well, really I'm not good, sure but it, it's going to be a book. Yeah. I think it's going to be um, some articles and then I want to try to run, you know, have some workshops and just find out what other people think, you okay, know, cool. invite yeah, people cool. to come and say, let's talk about, would this work? Do you know? Anyway. And then I don't yes. know if it'll if that'll be the book or not because I think probably people will be writing millions of books. But mm. I just I just feel that uh, the the process that I've sort of evolved that's certainly not unique to me, but um, where it it takes the emotion out of it and invites you to, as you say, be in their corner and not be critical of them while they're doing what they're doing. It, it, I think that allows for a conversation mm -hmm. and that's absolutely. what I think we need yeah absolutely okay well that. I'm going to listen to Mr. you're going to listen to this Lynch. your song today your yeah. song today is worth saving and it is from Richard Lynch and the Richard Lynch band everybody um th this is some authentic country music go to richardlynchband.com and this is from his latest album Mending Fences and it's worth saving see this is he goes around mm -hmm. saving barns and but worth saving can be relationships and it was just exactly what you were talking about don't quit take a look at like this you know this person may be one of your it, it could be your co-pilot you got to get along with your co-pilot dude <laughs> you can't yeah. toss anybody from a plane <laughs> as much as you want to even if there's snakes on it you got to get through it so um Everybody, again, keep up with Sarah at sarahelliston.com. We want to thank everyone for joining in uh, here at Big Blend Radio. If you go to bigblendradio.com, you'll see our schedule. You can listen as shows go live or anytime at your leisure. Thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome. I had a great time. Always thank good chatting you. with you. Here it is, everybody. Worth Saving by the Richard Lynch Band. <laughs> Picture a place where many years have gone by A Michigan winter and the deep blue sky That cold north wind couldn't bring it down Not every place was meant to be in town this old barn is where I used to play This old barn is where my grandpa played So if you tear it down, it won't be coming back around There's so much real country charm In this old barn And them old dirt floors Old leather tack Hanging from a rough salt board And you can still read That old faded sign Hardware flower And the five and nine This old barn Is where I used to this old barn is where my grandpa prayed So if you tear it down, it won't be coming back around There's so much real country charm This old barn These words I'm saying 
Then you'll know this barn's worth saving This old barn This old barn You know it's worth In honor of Black History Month, raise a glass to Black-owned brands. Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery, has one of the largest selections of Black-owned drinks to explore. From a top-shelf whiskey to an artisanal twist on a Caribbean classic, get these drinks delivered right to your door. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com to find your new favorite. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today.